This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to our regular sports show, Game of Two Halves, every Monday live on Money FM 89.3, where I host the sports podcasters from The Straits Times. I'm Howie Lim, and I'm joined today by Straits Times sports correspondent David Lee and Hokan United defender Lionel Tan. Welcome, guys. Hi, Howie. Hi, Lionel. Hi, hi, Howie. Hi, David. Thanks for having me here. So, finally, live sports back in Singapore, and so too the nation's only professional sports league, as the Singapore Premier League resumed on Saturday after a 211 day suspension due to the coronavirus. And Lionel, congratulations on Hokang's 2-1 win over Tampines on Saturday. Tell us, how does it feel to be back playing competitive football? Were there concerns though? Yes, thank you so much. It definitely feels good to be back playing competitively again. Preparation has been really tough for me, oh. especially so when I was laid off away from football for a longer period of time. You know, due to NS commitments and right after I was down with COVID. Oh. So... I'm just happy and I appreciate the fact that I'm on the pitch again. Before the game, I was pretty nervous and it's pretty natural, you know, but I've learned to cope with it uh, over the years with my experience. And yeah, concerns-wise, I believe match fitness and injuries are mostly the main concerns for all of us players, you know. Adding in sufficient uh, strength and conditioning workouts are really essential to mitigate uh, the injuries Okay, David, right, join I, me in a mini wave I, for Lionel here. It's been a while right, since I, I, we could do it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think it's not just the players who are looking forward to the action, but the media and fans as well. Um, and on Saturday, because of how our Tampanese hub is designed as an integrated community and lifestyle hub, it was possible for fans and curious passers-by to catch the match, despite the, the game being supposedly a closed-door affair. You know, the Yellow Knights fan group of Tampanese and the Algangkos were there too. And they were seen practicing social distancing. They were standing, you know, at least one meter apart from each other. Mm. Uh, but the same cannot be said for some members of the public. I, I think the interest is great for local football because this shows there's interest. And the quality and excitement from the Tampanese Algang game definitely deserves more attention. But with the coronavirus, we have a new normal. And the concern here is people do need to practice social responsibility. I think the message here is not that you cannot go out or you cannot watch SPL games, but do not cluster in groups if you're at OTH, uh, places like OTH. With large cinemas being allowed to admit, you know, 150 patrons in three zones of 50, perhaps the authorities may also look at allowing a similar number of spectators for SPL matches since stadiums are of bigger capacity in an open-air setting. Uh, that said, I feel it's important that everyone works together to ensure the SPR return is successful so that other sports leagues can start coming back again in Singapore. I'll ask Lionel this in a bit, but David, did it feel different at the game? Right, obviously the first thing you would notice is fans are not allowed in the stands. Although, like I mentioned earlier, they were seen at various vantage points at our Tampines Hub on Saturday. Mm. And then when you settle down, you know, you realise the players no longer greet each other with handshakes. The substitutes are in the stands. They are not in the dugout. There's no stadium announcer. There are no ball boys. The capacity is really kept to a minimum to reduce the risk of infection. What was it like for you, Lionel? Did it feel different? Yes, I totally agree with what David has said. Because, you know, from a player point of view, we come in about uh, two and a half hours earlier and have to be confined into our respective dressing room. And that also means that once we enter the changing room, we can't get out anymore. 
However, it personally, it's perfectly fine for me because it means I have more time to prepare, focus and visualize my game. Of course, prior to the game, you know, players were doing our part to remind each other of the equipments we need just in case we forget, you know. Uh, we always want things to go smoothly on match days uh, so you are mentally prepared. I mean, in there, I believe on that day, Shafiq was the DJ, you know, and atmosphere <laughs> in the changing room was brilliant and everyone was just excited and eager to get up there. What, 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 But, what was on the playlist, bro? As long as he's not singing... Uh, <laughs> no one was singing no, at least uh, no one is singing you know once we got up there for warm up we knew our game plan and everyone stayed focused uh, to the end but mm. now with the new rules and changes uh, to the routines you know we have uh, two water breaks in the middle of each half which certainly helps us because most times uh, our throat dries up and we have the tendency to speed but you know with the protocols in place, uh, having those water breaks for a quick uh, crunch of thirst certainly helped us. Another uh, change is having five subs because in order for the match intensity and the level to be consistent and also considering the fact that most of the players are not fully match fit yet after a long layoff, it's normal that players suffer from cramps and fatigues uh, also sets in quicker, you know. So yeah, having the five subs help a lot. Let's talk about the match then. And before I ask you, Lionel, David, was it a surprise win for Hokang, you reckon? <laughs> I think I think Lionel may back to defer, but I think it was. He Tampini knew, of course he game. knew. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, Tampani started the game as favourites, uh, even though they lost Zeko due to suspected dengue the day before. Uh, but still, Tampani's are a well-drilled side and arguably, Hokang suffered an even bigger loss Uh, during the the break when their top striker Stipe Plazibat moved to Lion City Sailors. However, I I, I felt during the game, Augang really executed their game plan almost perfectly. They stretched Tampanese with their pace and, and width. I, I think I'll let Lionel explain more about how they pull off their, their first win over Tampanese in 11 games since 2016. Certainly, you know, uh, we knew uh, going to the game, Tampanese are certainly a strong side, you know which also mm-hmm. explains why they are top of the league right now. They have quality players who can basically run the show, like Kyoga and Jordan Webb. If you give them the ball, they can create things for you. And they, they have a physically strong uh, goal scorer up front, you know, uh, Kopitovic. And, and, you know, over the past few games, they have had scored a, a, a number of goals, uh, even AFC. And I believe, like, for our team, over the last few weeks, we have worked really hard in training and working cohesively as a unit. Uh, because we knew how Templis uh, would play. And when it was game day, it was basically being out there to execute the game plan we have been working on. For me, because uh, early on in the season, I, I wasn't with the team yet and I haven't played against uh, their striker, Kopitovic. Uh, of course, I spent some time watching his play and watching how the attackers from Templis link up. So I'm just glad uh, with the efforts of the team have put in and hopefully we'll get ready for the next game. Best of luck with that. Thank you, Howie. Moving on, though, to Singapore Athletics. National marathoner So Rui Yong has agreed to withdraw and discontinue his lawsuit against the National Sports Association that came about in the aftermath of his non-selection for the 2019 SEA Games. David, what's happening with this truce? Yeah, so Singapore Athletics said it withdraws unconditionally the portions of its media statement made August last year, stating that Rui Yong had on several occasions breached uh, SA's athletic code of conduct. So the national track and field body also extended 
its sincere apology to Ryong for any inconvenience and distress that the statement caused him. And they will stand down disciplinary proceedings initiated by the outgoing SA management. Um, on his part, Ryong has agreed to withdraw and discontinue his lawsuit against SA and acknowledge his responsibility that as one of the country's brightest athletics prospects, he's a role model for younger athletes. You know that he will also work with SA and the SNOC to promote a positive image of the sport to the best of his ability. SA also said that it is committed to supporting Ray Yong to once again um, representing Singapore and compete for Singapore against the best in the region and the world as he aims to become the first Singaporean man to qualify for the Commonwealth Games and Asian Games marathon event. David, what's your take on this whole episode though? I think this lawsuit was one of the most high-profile disputes in local sport. Yeah. And it, it really threw the sport under the spotlight for the wrong reasons. It is rare for a national athlete to sue his or her own national sports association. I think uh, Rui Yong was perhaps one of only two or three who has done so in the past few decades. Wow. So credit has to go to new uh, SA president Len Chung Luen and his team for acting swiftly to resolve this issue. They were voted into office, I think, only a month ago or, or less. And their campaign promise was to settle some of the association's uh, legal issues. And in a matter of weeks, they, they have uh, resolved a spat that has dragged on for over a year. I feel this is good because there's finally an end to this dispute, which does no one any good. Yeah. And you know, now it allows both parties to focus on what is really important for the management. It is running the association efficiently and effectively. And for the athlete is to be training to be a better athlete so they, they can focus on these things. Hopefully, we can see both SA and Ryong in the news again this time next year you know, or at the end of next year celebrating a third marathon gold medal at the SEA Games. Okay, half time. Now, if you like the Straits Times Game of Two Halves podcast, you can listen live on MoneyFM 89.3 every Monday, or you can subscribe to hashtag Game of Two Halves on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. On to the second half of the show, back to football, I'm sure your favorite things in the world, and the English <laughs> Premier League. Both of you are Man U fans. Wait, my say full name. Manchester United fans. Are you convinced by your team's 4-1 win over Newcastle? And this response to the 6-1 humiliation by Spurs in their previous game, Lionel. Yes, definitely. You know, prior to their game against Newcastle, there have been a lot of talks over doubts over the team and social. And it's natural for football and a big club like Manchester United to have such criticism all the time, you know. Mm. They are consistently under pressure to deliver. But, you know, the win over Newcastle was really convincing. Players were playing a very fluid football before some of the goals were scored. Combination between Bruno and Mata was brilliant as well. The humiliation by Spurs was very bad and it was very hard to watch uh, as a diehard fan. Uh, mm. It felt like they were very poor defensively and Spurs basically cut them open. So, you know, the truth was before the first half even ended, I already switched off Give the TV up. because oh, it was just... Yeah. Yes, it was mm. just so hard to watch. Uh, I, I'm not as... Optimistic as Lionel. Oh, I, no. think, I think we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. You know, this is only Newcastle we are talking about. <laughs> it, yes, of course, it's a pleasing scoreline, you know, but United are, are yet to play the, the bigger teams. And the, the first big team we, we played, we, we got hammered 6-1. When you see Liverpool, City, Chelsea, Spurs, Arsenal, 
we see them drop points, you think maybe this could be a, our season, you know, maybe this could be a great opportunity to make a title charge. But United are still in the bottom half after four games. Maybe we win our game in hand. We will be four points away from leaders Everton. But I don't think even the most optimistic United fan will expect us to win the league this season. Talking about the defence, it always feels like a time bomb waiting to explode. Now I really understand how Liverpool fans have felt for the longest time, you know. Um, <laughs> you, you expect the worst and anything more is a bonus. Oh, David. Let's talk about the video assistant referee, which comes under the spotlight again after ruling out a late winner for Liverpool in the Merseyside derby and eventually finishing 2-2 that game. What are your thoughts, guys? Lionel? Um, Liverpool didn't win it, you know. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought it was a decent goal by Henderson, uh, only to be ruled up by DBR. You know, the pass from Tego was exceptional, you know, the pullback pass. Yeah, as much as I hate Liverpool, I felt that the goal should have stood. You could see that when Everton conceded the goal, nobody raised their hands, protested for anything. I feel that sometimes VR can be quite controversial and for such an incident, you know it may seem as falling the beauty of the game, like having a late winner. Yeah, I, thought, I totally yeah. agree with Lionel. You know, I, I think they, they got it all wrong. And then some, you know, early on in the game, I think the first half, Everton goalkeeper Jordan Pickford, he was very lucky to stay on the pitch for that crunching tackle on, on Virgil van Dijk. Uh, it seems like the Liverpool defender season may be over as he requires surgery for his damaged knee ligaments. And then the offside, Okay, maybe Sadio Mane's sleeve was offside before he passed to <laughs> Henderson for the goal. Or maybe his armpit hair was offside. I, I don't know. But yeah, exactly. You know, maybe under the new rules, the VAR is correct in this case, uh, but it's correct to a fault. Do we really want to see goals ruled out by one millimeter offside uh, or, or an offside that the human eye cannot see? I'm, I'm really not sure on this one, but Liverpool definitely will feel hard done by, by these two uh, big decisions that went against them. And so there goes the final whistle for our sports discussion of the week. We hope you enjoyed listening to us. We've been with David Lee from The Straits Times. He's a sports correspondent there. And also Lionel Tan from Pokang United. Guys, thank you so much. Thanks, Howie. Thank you so much, Howie. Follow Straits Times hashtag Game of Two Hearts podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.